Thank you for joining us on Bees on the Law, legal talk from the boss perspective. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal advice and is not meant to create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change and differ from state to state, so this is not a substitute for seeking legal advice in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, welcome back to Bees on the Law. I am Susan, your Illinois and Wisconsin bee. And I'm Camille, the California bee. We thought that it would be a good idea to go through some common words and phrases that um, we've just heard business owners or sometimes even, you wouldn't believe it, HR professionals using terms that um, really are not... um, not a good idea. So we thought we'd kind of go through some examples and um, here we go. So one of the ones that I have heard quite a bit from business owners is, oh, he's a 1099 employee. Uh-oh. And, right. And, and <laughs> I always have to say, okay, those are two different things, right? So 1099, if you're not familiar with that term, is used a lot to refer to an independent contractor. And sometimes you hear W-2 is used as the as an employee, right? So saying someone's a 1099 employee, you're saying someone's an independent contractor who's also an employee, two completely different things. And you might be uh, granting them some rights by using that phrase. Right, Camille? Yeah, it's, it's a problem. And also that term hourly exempt makes me crazy. Drives me crazy because mm-hmm. if you're hourly, you can't be an exempt employee. It's just that simple. So, um, yeah, those are two phrases that, that I hear quite a bit. What's, what's an example you've got? Um, there are many ways to say this, but anything that implies that your job could be impacted by using your vacation days. You give employees vacation days, they're entitled to take their vacation, and you cannot use any threatening, or should not at least, use any threatening language that implies that the employee is going to be penalized for using their vacation. They're entitled right. to it. It's part of their compensation package. So uh, saying things to people like, hey, you you might, um, if you really want to take all those vacation days, I don't know, you should think about it. That could impact your job or- You're going to miss out working on that project or you're not going to be assigned a leadership role on some- new department because right. you take your vacation it's- or we might we might give you three weeks vacation but we don't around here we really um don't expect you to take them right yep. so yeah that's a that's a that's a big one um for me another one that i that i hear a lot is um uh let's we're, we're going to keep this discussion confidential or or please don't tell anybody what what um your salary is or or hey i'm giving this bonus to you no one else is getting one so please don't tell anybody else right because you can't you can't restrict an employee's ability to talk about the workplace and their job there's um that's a violation of the national labor relations act and in some states and you've talked about this in a previous podcast camille like california there's even bigger problems. Um, There can be. And, you know, I think it's just when it comes to, you know, when you give their employee a raise, I think 
saying don't talk about this just alerts them to talk about it anyway. So why even bring it up in the first place? True. Not the whole fact that it's, you know, you can't. You can't, right? It, it seems like you're just pointing out something you don't want them to talk about anyway. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, you're um, you're making it juicy. You're making it gossip. You're making, yeah, I get it. So yeah, there's the practical impact of you're kind of encouraging them to talk. But there's also the bigger impact, which is you cannot restrict an employee. So even if you're just suggesting it or asking it, you could be violating the um, National Labor Relations Act, which I know a lot of people think only controls unions, but it, it does not. It implies to um, to all employers. So, yeah. What's another example that, that you hear a lot or that drives you crazy? Um, how about telling employees that you'll give them additional vacation days instead of paying them overtime? It's a big no-no. You are obligated uh, to pay your employees for all hours worked, that includes overtime hours. And in California, that comes with all kinds of penalties and attorney's fees if you don't properly pay your employees. It is not a legal exchange to do that. And I know more than one employer out there has done it. Yep, yep, or, or even if an employee comes to you, I've had this situation come up, that says, hey, I just need the money. I need to make more money. I know we limit, um, but just don't pay me the overtime. I really need to work those hours. And then they wait eh, a year or so, and then suddenly they can file a claim and say, you didn't pay me overtime. And the employer goes, but wait, but you, but you want it. Employees cannot waive the right to receive overtime. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they sign. They cannot waive it. So, yeah. nope. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a big one. And so, Susan, I know before when we were getting ready for this podcast, you talked about backdating, which is another thing that makes lawyers crazy. Crazy. All of you yeah. employers out there. I hear that term used quite a bit. And backdating is is uh, pretty legal. You that's change. That's essentially saying that you are changing the date, right? Um, so the the phrase backdated should be removed from every employer business owner's vocabulary don't use it that being said you can put in writing and memorialize something today that happened a month ago you just need to be cognizant of the fact that you are either dating it as of a certain date which is reflecting that it wasn't signed or executed on that date but that was the date that it was intended to be effective or you write there simply we are memorializing a previous conversation, but or, you know. or how about using retroactive? Oh, exactly. Right. Doing there it today go. and saying it's retroactive to, you know, to January 1st or May 1st or whatever. Right. As long as you can make something retroactive, because some laws don't allow you to do that. But but even still, either way, all of those are, depending on the situation, acceptable legal ways to put something in writing today that was agreed to or is intended to go into effect previously backdating no <laughs> so that's a big one um so i think the last one uh, that i think is very important is what you say when you receive a discrimination or a harassment complaint and there are two big ones that i i really feel you should not say one is telling the complainer that you believe them. 
the other the other is saying that the person who allegedly committed the discrimination would never do that and the reason that i think these phrases are so important is because you are automatically judging the situation without having done the required independent investigation. And I think that is why it's not that either you think one employee is more truthful than the other. We all have our biases, you know, even Susan and I do. Um, But as an employer, when you get a complaint, you are obligated to independently investigate that. And sometimes you have to hire someone on the outside. If it, you know, for example, if it involves your HR department, you got to hire someone um, outside your organization to do the investigation. And you don't want to give the person complaining a preconceived um, idea of what the outcome of your investigation is going to be. And that's exactly what you're doing when you say things like, I believe you, or they wouldn't do that. I don't know, Susan, what's your experience with that? Or, or you're essentially, if you're the one who's going to conduct the investigation, or maybe someone else is conducting the investigation, but you're making that final decision on what to do, you're basically telling the individual involved um, that you are biased, that you cannot make an independent decision. And so let's say they, um, that you say, um, I believe you. And then and then the and then you go through and you do the investigation. It turns out the complaint, the person they're complaining against, there's tons of facts against that person and all of that. But it comes out that you in this, you started off with the belief. Now you've given the the person who who the accusation is against a defense to say this was all set out from the beginning. This was not an independent investigation. This was biased, right? So I think that it's really hard, especially for small business owners um, who maybe don't have a professional HR person, or even if they do, you're a person. And, and a lot of times business owners take offense to the thought that this kind of activity can happen in their business and they react as people. And so it's really hard because you're a person. Um, but you can't, you just can't, you, you have to, as soon as that that conversation starts, you have to remind yourself that you can't be a person in that moment. You have to be the representative of the business and it can be hard to do. And think about this. If you do it in email, oh, <laughs> your employee, their evidence to take to their lawyer that they right. didn't get a fair investigation. Right. And or it, it, it went up out. disciplining the person who the complaint was made against, you've just given their lawyer right evidence. So let's not do that. Yes, let's definitely not do that. So, you know, I feel like there are so many of these that we could talk about. We could go on and on and on and on. So it's likely we'll do another one of these in the future. Um, But I really I like this. I like just kind of throwing out some of these some of these tips from real life examples that you and I hear um, business owners and sometimes HR professionals use. And we know we see where that goes. So This is great. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us, and we will catch you next time on Bees on the Law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of Bees on the Law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at beesonthelaw 
at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.